Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy to be here. It just finished raining today. So if you haven't heard, I'm working now out of just temporarily, I'm working at a co-working space, Goose Tail Spaces in Denver. And I look out and it's been raining all day. And now the air is super clear and the mountains are gorgeous. And I can't help but think how it relates to this episode. So Um, I'm going to explain today my definition. I shouldn't say my definition. It really is, um, both the definition on the internet as well as my church's definition. So I'm kind of pulling from spiritual sources and also more secular sources today, but we're going to talk about pride specifically what it does and how that comes up postpartum in ways that we might not have noticed. Um, but as I look out and the clouds have cleared, it makes me think of, Pride kind of makes life seem a little bit messy. It kicks up a lot of dust, a lot of drama that really separates us from our direction and our vision. And that comes up a lot postpartum, and that can lead us to feel very directionless, kind of hopeless, maybe a little bit depressive, or we can swing to more anxious and angry. So wherever you are, if if any of this kind of hits home, hang in there, sit tight, because today we're going to talk about pride postpartum. It's it's kind of something you might not have thought about, but I was really inspired as I was um, working on some doing some pride work in my own life. So um, I like to think that just like men hold the priesthood authority of God, women create and or nurture the life of God's children. These are two stewardships that ultimately work in tandem for the completion of the purpose of God, of this existence, you know, um, and the progress of God's children. So I want you to kind of zoom out before I dive into pride, and I want you to treat the having of babies and the nurturing of them, either or of those or both, as sacred, almost as an ordinance. Just like if somebody was ordained to the next level of the priesthood, you've got the Aaronic priesthood, the Melchizedek priesthood. Um, I want you to think about you as a woman, that is the equivalent of the act of having a baby, nursing a baby, and nurturing that baby through its life. Those are our ordinances as women. Now, I don't say this to heap upon you more responsibility. I know you're probably feeling plenty of that with a side of overwhelm (laughs) as a mama, but I say this to almost sanctify in our eyes the acts that we perform as women. I think sometimes we're so accustomed to people, women being pregnant and then having babies that we kind of forget how sacred it It is. And I don't, again, I don't say that to make you feel bad or ashamed or guilty, but rather almost the opposite, almost um, special and like, wow, a true appreciation for the fact that you're a woman and that you, you, you do this work. So I wanted to just zoom out a little bit and give that context so that we can dive in. So why, if we're having babies and we're nurturing them and raising them, and this is sacred work that we're doing that we're called upon to do, 
with our husbands as women, why would we explore pride in our postpartumness and in our motherhood? Um, by the way, I just want to say, I don't know if you're like me, but I associate the word pride with shame and guilt. Not because, for example, my church has ever made it that way, but because for so long of my life, that's just the way I operated. That's the world I lived in mentally and emotionally was a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. I don't as much anymore, but if that's kind of where you are and this feels like a triggery word, just be careful with this. Make sure that as you're going through this episode, I'm definitely certainly not bringing it in the, in the way of like harsh criticism and you should be better and you have to be better. This is more of an exploration um, and a, a way to help ourselves stay connected to ourselves, to God and to others. Because as you'll learn today, pride is something that actually disconnects us from others, which can create depressiveness and anxiety and all the things postpartum. So that's why we want to explore it. And we want to do that. I genuinely want you to come at this topic today with a sense of exploration and curiosity. Um, before applying it to yourself, just hear it. So don't take it and just like search your inner world for the ways that you're doing this and feel really bad for yourself. Just hear it today, kind of surface level for the first time. Then you can let it sink in with love. Okay. I really truly believe, and I tell this to my clients, they're like, okay, so once I, once I see what I'm doing, then how do I change it? And I'm like, those are the same thing. Seeing what you're doing for the first time, really seeing what you're doing and what that's creating in that act, you have then changed it because you've seen it for what it is. It is no longer acting upon you. You are now having the ability to act upon it and pride being something that comes really naturally to humans. That's my goal here is to help you see your pride and what it's creating so that it's not acting upon you in your life. You are acting upon it. So Let's dive in. I think first it's good to just get clear on what pride is and kind of the symptoms of pride or the ways that it kind of shows up in life. And I'll, I'm going to tie in some examples to how it specifically pops up postpartum. Okay. So pride comes in many different forms and at many different times. And I'm going to be using a lot of content from two talks. I wanted to just reference them. There's Beware of Pride by President Ezra Taft Benson. He was the prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints back in the 80s. And then more recently in 2010, Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles gave a talk entitled Pride and the Priesthood. And so I kind of briefly referenced those because I pulled a few things from those. I want to be, I want to honor the people that created those talks. Um, but here are some things that President Benson talks about that pride kind of manifests as fault finding, gossiping, backbiting, defensiveness, complaining. So these are all symptoms of pride, right? Living beyond our means, envying, coveting, withholding gratitude and or praise. I thought that one was really interesting being unforgiving and being jealous. So these all stem ultimately from pride. I want to just a short summed up version of pride. Pride says I am better than you, or we are better than they are. Um, 
the way I do it is better than the way you do it. The way I believe is better than the way you believe. So it's when we're so attached to our own way of doing things or what I want is better than what you're giving me, right? I should have what I want. Entitlement is something that comes from pride as well. Um, Proverbs 16, 18, it says, pride goeth before destruction. So really a lot of the self-destruction that we feel postpartum actually stems at the ultimate root of it from pride. So we're going to just explore that to help protect ourselves and not experience as much destruction postpartum. Um, in Helaman, in the Book of Mormon, chapter 3, verses 33 and 36, through 36, it says, exceedingly great pride had gotten into the hearts of the people. You guys know I do a lot of work moving from a head space down to a heart space and um, kind of the higher law that we live spiritually and energetically when we're in a heart space. Um, and so it's just interesting that pride, when it gets into our hearts, kind of blocks us from our heart and keeps us up in our ego. In Obadiah, in the Old Testament, chapter 1, verses 3, it says, The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee, thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock. That just means really high up whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? So basically we're learning that pride deceives us. It's an illusion, kind of like anxiety, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. So pride is an illusion that we are better than someone else. This in fact is not possible. It's not possible to be better than someone else because human worth is inherent. This then separates us from God who has given and oversees all that is. So we kind of put ourselves somewhere else. We stop being present with what is, with God's will, with the will of others. And we're going to talk again more about how that comes up in our motherhood and in our marriages. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at so here are three examples. It's great to talk about the definitions and the beautiful language and quoting scriptures, but let's bring it down to earth a little bit and bring it to the everyday. The first example I thought of that's pretty simple to just kind of double check, are you understanding what pride is, is the song, I'm proud to be an American, right? That song, where at least I know I'm free. So I'm proud to be an American. So the question to just think about is, does this make you feel better than other nations in a way that makes you want to not help or serve people from other nations, right? Does this pit you against other people who were born or are living currently in other places than America? And so how you can check this pride is, can you both love America and also love other nations and see the good in what they have as well. Now, I want to say you might feel a little bit of resistance to even listening to this topic. Like I know I do, and that's perfect because that means that you have pride. And that means that your ego wants to keep its pride and doesn't want to learn about pride because then it can just stay prideful. <laughs> 
So if you have resistance to learning about pride postpartum and even just pride in general, I just want you to know that that means you're human. You have a brain, you're in good company. We all kind of get a little bored with this topic because our brain wants to just stay the way it is and not have to change in this way. So let's do some more postpartum specific examples. Okay. Let's say that you really identify as somebody who keeps a clean house. Then you have your first or maybe your second or maybe your third baby and your energy levels just don't lend themselves to house cleaning and nobody is doing it for you. And so here you are in the middle of a home that's yours. That isn't to the standards that you are proud to have typically kept that you identify with and associate with being the best way to keep a house. So the question is, do you notice in this sort of a situation, does this pitch you against yourself? Do you start to resent yourself for not having more energy or not being stronger or keeping it more clean? Do you start to judge yourself or others, your kids, your husband for the messes they make? Do you start to compare the messes you make with the messes other people make? Do you start to compare your present self to your past self and almost keep a scorecard of who left the dishes out and who did the dishes? This is actually pride. It stems from the best way to have the house is this way that I'm imagining or this way that it was in the past versus loving or accepting what is and what others are doing right now. Again, doesn't mean you can't want it to be different, but can you love and accept how it is and then, and also want it to be different? Can you love it first or love it as you desire it to be different? Let's do another example. Let's say that before you had this most recent baby, you had your help planned out. Your mom was going to come over from, you know, this date to this date. And then your mother-in-law was going to come from this date to this date. And you had it all set up. Your husband was going to take these days of work off. Right. And then COVID happened and maybe you quarantined or somebody that was going to come help had to quarantine, or maybe your husband had to work more or work less and everything was just different. Whatever it was, you had a relationship with a future that you believed to be the best at some point you like, maybe not, right? Maybe not all of us are like this. Maybe you had plans and then you thought to yourself, you know what? But if these don't work out that I will love that too. That'll work too. Most of us though, (laughs) we get really attached to our plans and we think that they are the best and that they're going to be so great. It's just part of being human. And we have to learn how to do that differently. That that's what puts our pride in check. But most of the time we kind of get attached and we're almost kind of proud of our plans and we're really like thinking they're the best. And so when they don't happen, um, for you and and they just don't come to pass because of things you couldn't control, do you gossip? Do you judge? Do you criticize others or the universe? Do you feel bad for yourself? Do you believe that your plans were better than the plans of God or the universe that worked out? Um, do you think your way was better? Do you disregard or talk bad about the ways of others, right? This is how pride can show up postpartum. I was kind of writing these examples and I was thinking pride must be a cousin to anger. Here's how I think they're similar. In the moment that you express pride or anger, both of them, they make you feel big. It's like an inflated balloon. But when all is said and done, they actually just distance you from yourself, your highest self, from others, and from God. Or at least they give the sensation of the distance, right? 
Um, They make it harder to love and accept. Pride elevates you at the expense of love and connection and acceptance of others or closeness and getting closer to others. So to put it simply, anger says, I'm bigger than you. You better watch out. It kind of puffs up and is like, I'm bigger than you, kind of intimidating. Pride says, I'm better than you and kind of dismisses or scoots away the other person to some form. Inevitably, on the other side of pride is a sort of depressiveness, a sense of loss, of disconnection, right? Because we're exploring how when we give into this illusion that we're better than somebody or that the way we believe is better or that, that how we planned it or what how we did it was better than somebody, ultimately, like we have this illusion of being better for a moment, but then we end up lonely and away from other people. I think another way pride comes up postpartum is we just don't want to ask for help. Raise your hand. <laughs> raise your hand if you're driving in the car. Raise your hand if you're doing the dishes. Raise your hand if this is you. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of times we don't want to ask for help from our husbands or pride comes up when we don't want to tell people how much we're struggling and be honest about our mental health stuff. Pride will come up even from us to ourselves, not actually telling ourselves how much we're hurting, not letting us see how bad we're feeling. This is pride. It's an illusion, right? It's giving you the illusion of being better or doing better health-wise or you know, financially or whatever it is than you actually are. Remember earlier I talked about how pride can be living beyond your means. I have done that, you guys, and I think many Americans have. I've used money that wasn't mine, like a credit card, for example, to bring in resources or material things so that to others, I could look like I had more money than I had. This is an illusion, right? So pride is like fundamentally a lie, which Satan loves. Um, So here's one more example. There was a certain person in my life that made a decision I really didn't agree with. Okay. We're going to see how pride plays in. And I want you to apply this to your life too. Um, so she made this, this decision I didn't agree with. And I had opinions about this decision and I let that person know my opinions about their decision. And in so doing what I was really saying to her is my way is better than your way. And the way I would have done it is better than the way you did it. Okay. So this is setting yourself up higher than somebody else, better than somebody else. I chose my belief that my way was better. And in so doing, I lost some connection and some love and acceptance and closeness in that relationship. So this is when you know that it's pride. When you keep the thing or the way of being that you think is better, you choose yourself in this illusion of betterness over somebody else and what really is and what they really did or what they really said or who they really are just the way that they are. Let me give one more example because it relates to parenthood. I think this will be helpful for you guys. So do your kids fight and argue? (laughs) You're like, no, never. My kids fight and they argue. They literally fight like with their hands and scratching and all the things. I have three kids, if you don't already know this. Um, My oldest is seven. Then I have a five and a half year old and a three and a half year old. So they fight. They're almost like triplets. They're so close in age. And one belief I've noticed that I have, which comes from this very 
honestly, like, I don't say this with self-judgment, but like a, a righteous place, um, is we shouldn't have contention in our home and they shouldn't be fighting. Shouldn't, by the way, is a very good indicator that pride is present. Okay. Your belief, you're inherently saying the way I think it should be is better than the way that it is. And a lot of times our actual religion and our beliefs of all the good things we want to create and unity and love and all the things we fall into the trap of like putting them upon our reality. We feel justified in doing that, but ultimately there's pride. So really the art of mastering pride is the art of being accepting with what is, even if you, can you still hold the desire to kind of teach your children not to fight and instill more peace and morality in your home while at the same time, allowing them to be where they are. That's the trick. A lot of times we cut corners and and see if you're doing this postpartum, we cut corners and we're like, okay, this is the beautiful life we we read about in the scriptures that we want to have. And Jesus Christ was like this and we want to be like him. And so then we hate how we are and where we are. And we hate, you know, the imperfection all around us. And that is not the intention of Christ showing us the way to be, right? He didn't show us that just so that we could turn around and hate where we are in favor of what he is and how he was, but rather loving and wanting how he was and and seeking to be like that while also mastering the love of where we are and what is and what we do have and what we can do. Okay. So going back to my kids, I hope, I hope this is getting clear. I know I've been a bit redundant, but I'm hoping that by poking at it in a few different ways, it's really starting to hit home and conceptually like sinking into your heart and your body. Um, so, so I have this good desire to not have contention, contention, and I'd love to create that result. And I, I still want to, um, and I can teach, right? We, as their moms can teach, but I've noticed that when I'm choosing the, the belief that there shouldn't be contention in my home, when the circumstance is that there should be contention, I'm basically saying to my kids who are in this phase of fighting and they don't know different quite yet that this reality that I want, I want it more than I want them where they are. So I want them without contention more than I want them as they are. So I'm kind of casting out this reality. I'm pushing it away. I'm not accepting it. And you know what I end up doing? This is what I think is really interesting with pride is when we push away what is in favor of the illusion of something better, because actually the best thing is what is. Even if we want it to be different, we can still want it to be different and realize that it's the best the way that it is right now. Can you hold both, right? So as I basically cast out reality in favor of this illusion of like, this would be better over here if they didn't fight, I end up fighting their fighting. I fight against them fighting. I I end up fighting, (laughs) which then makes me feel distant from my highest self, from my kids and from the spirit because I get into the fighting too. So isn't that interesting? Pride is a projection of a quote, better reality, which then equals a rejection of reality. What's the easiest choice you can make? 
window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let's talk about briefly, I told you we'd come back to this, anxiety. So anxiety, I think, is a close relative to pride. We're learning all about the cousins of the emotions, right? We've got anger is the cousin. Anxiety must be the auntie. (laughs) Anxiety is a close relative to pride because anxiety takes us out of reality too, just like pride kind of does. Except instead of resisting the reality we have, we just get lost into this false, scarier reality, this more more threatening reality. And it makes us, again, feel completely disconnected from our body because now we're stuck in our head somewhere, which then when we're stuck in our head, we're not being present with our kids and we're not present with God, with the Holy Ghost. It's harder to feel Him and connect with Him. So just like pride says, I'm better than, anger says, I'm bigger than, anxiety says, I am afraid of this or I am I shrink with this. I'm less than this. This is bigger and scarier than me. Um, So I hope that helps you kind of really gauge pride and feel like you better can see it in your life. That really is key. I think I said this before. If you strive to have less pride, I want to challenge you to just start with seeing it in your life, not changing it. Okay, because seeing it, really seeing it for the first time with the new lens of this understanding, that is changing it. No need to hustle and try to root it out, get rid of it, because then you're giving into this reality that you would somehow be better without pride. And I want to just offer that being present with yourself right now where you are and loving where you are for who you are, that's the secret. Jesus Christ always did that. Even when he condemned somebody's sins, he still loved them where they were. He invited them to change while loving them where they were. So anytime we're wanting to enforce change either in ourselves or somebody else or our kids or husband without first and also loving them where they are, that's pride. Pride is like change without a foundation of love. And with pride comes a lot more fear. Can I give you this example? I, When I first started my business and even up until recently, I have always struggled as an entrepreneur, especially when I took over finances full-time, with fear around money. And I recently was coaching with my coach. Her name's Corey Woods. She is a mom of five. She's a money coach for coaches and entrepreneurs of all kinds. She's awesome. She's very spiritual. 
So we were coaching and I brought up, I just was like, I am, I don't know why this fear just keeps choking me. Like it's just so, I, I logic, I can see it. I notice there, but it just comes up so big and we just kind of calmed down. I processed it in my body. So my, I calmed my body, right? I calmed my mind. And what ended up happening is I found a belief that helped me to calm the rest of my life. And the belief was basically that, um, I needed to have all these things so I could prove to my family or my friends, um, that I, you know, that I'm doing well in business or, or this or that. And it was just really interesting how pride, ultimately pride and keeping a certain lifestyle or keeping a certain amount of things or a niceness of outfits for my kids. Like, I know that seems simple and silly, but that was kind of what it was about in my brain that keeping up with the Joneses kind of mentality was the reason I had so much fear around money. And so as I'm starting to do the work of letting go of how others see me and really getting more in touch with how God sees me, I am having less fear around money. Notice how when we want somebody, when we care more about what others think, that's also an indicator that there's pride present. And so it just, we kind of zoom out and zoom in on God and ourselves, and that helps us to kind of reframe the pride. Okay. In the next episode, we're going to um, pivot to what we can do instead. So between this week and next week, I really want you to just um, focus on your pride and just see it. Again, don't try to change it or criticize yourself or judge yourself. Just be open to like witnessing it, observing it, noticing it. That's it. And then next week, we'll talk more about how we can do the opposite of be prideful, which is connect and be humble. Connection is where love can grow, where humility can sprout, where goodness can present itself. And connection happens in the present. So next week, I'm going to offer you three thoughts that help you be present with what is, even if you can't love it, just being present with it without judgment. And um, that will solve a lot of the pride problem. So we'll talk to you guys next week. And don't forget, I am going to launch my membership soon, probably next week. That's the plan for now. Um, Next week, just in case you listen to this episode in a long time from now, that's like May 25th-ish, okay? So of 2021. So if you haven't yet gotten on my email list, I'll have my assistant put it in the show notes of this episode because I don't want you to miss the founding members launch of my membership. So for those who don't know, I'm opening a membership. I am not sure what it's going to be called yet. I think it might be called healing and home, the membership, which is a a continuation of the work we're doing on the postpartum coach podcast, but it's, it's postpartum and then beyond as well. And, um, to access the membership, if you've never worked with me before, you'll buy the course that precedes the membership, and then you'll have a chance to, um, get into the membership. But if you join it in this, this first launch, right. That starts next week, you will be able to have a lifetime lower rate of the membership, uh, monthly payment, and you'll get the course for half off its usual price. Once it is more open to the public later on in exchange for you guys helping me kind of shape this membership. So I'm so excited to bring that to you. I love you and I honor you and don't let guilt and shame come in today with this topic. Okay. Just be in observation mode, 
all that is, is perfect as it is in its perfect oppositeness of goodness and evil, you know, um, good, evil, good, bad, whatever, all of it's just as it is, is fine and good. And you can want it to improve, including yourself. So hold both today. Just observe yourself and we'll talk next week. Bye-bye. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time by going to lizzylangston.com forward slash consult. It's pretty simple and I will be calling you soon.